1: The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised.
0: The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at Ooh, Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only cliché Thanksgiving food debate podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with John Frazier today, and it is of course Thanksgiving Monday as we record this. The CFL Thanksgiving weekend is in the book, in the books. And um safe for say for the riders are thankful that it's over. Yes. And uh, that's probably about it. Yeah,
1: if you're coming here to listen to us break down the game, that's probably not going to happen. We We're... uh we went 23 minutes without uh, talking any football last week, and although we will talk football... Yes. uh Basically, guess what? The same shit happened that's been happening all season, despite the fact the O-line's he- healthy, and they lost. So we now have to go to our old, like, radio days, mm-hmm. which means us getting super cliché and slightly annoying off the top. So to our four listeners... We apologize that you've probably heard this bombarded on your morning radio stations all week.
0: Yes, of course. Thanksgiving weekend came by one of the um, one of the biggest food weekends of the year. Easy to say. Yeah, and, and I, for I, that I reason, probably biggest. one of the better holidays, just because we haven't quite so. I mean, other than the purchase of a lot of food, we haven't really commercialized it to the point of giving each other useless shit. Right. Right. Um. right. <laughs> and, the, and the
1: weather was spectacularly nice. I got. I spent it with. Uh, my nephew was up. I probably threw, like, my arm is very sore. Because I probably threw, like, 150 balls just playing catch with him this mm-hmm. weekend and catch with the kids. So, weather's still kind of nice. You can play some yeah. football. There's football on. It's, yeah, you're right. It, it, it is a sneaky good holiday.
0: It is, absolutely. And uh, we were inspired by a surprising tweet in one of those sort of, oh, you thought you knew someone kind of ways. <laughs> and that is front yes. of the program. Uh, Dustin Nielsen of the CFL on TSN and TSN twelve sixty out of Edmonton.
1: One of Ooh. our personal favorites.
0: Absolutely, uh, gleefully tweeting that he did not have any pumpkin pie this weekend because he believes it's trash. Essentially,
1: that's now that's a trash take, <clears throat> which is rare for Dusty because mm-hmm. we are he. You normally he likes dumb things and kind of sees th- things the way that we do. But yeah. uh, pumpkin pie. So I can tell you one of the best things to mix pumpkin pie with. Is a nice spiced rum. Like you get that, you get the pumpkin pie, that fluffy whip on top, get a nice spiced rum. Uh, we used to actually, when I lived, uh, when I was still a bachelor back in Lloyd, we used to have drunken pumpkin pie night where we'd buy the like leftover pumpkin pies for a dollar or two from the co op and just get shit faced drinking spiced rum and eating pumpkin pie, usually on the Monday of Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's like my absolute favorite dessert in the world, but Right. I mean, it's good. It's solid. I'm not I'm not, you know, Mr. Pumpkin Spice all month like some people in October and September and increasingly August. But I mean, hey, fill your boots. Like what you like, like what you don't like. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. We're I don't not really here care that judge. much. No. But um that tweet spiraled off and we were maybe going to brag on Dustin a little bit, but I think we've got sidetracked into our own sort of weird world because This led to an actual disagreement between John and I. Yeah. We We started talking Thanksgiving food because without even bringing anything up, you said to me that the Thanksgiving meal was only really turkey, potatoes, and pierogies.
1: Yes. Yeah, that is – and the potato – and the pierogies with mushroom gravy, the potatoes with real gravy. See, I've hit a point in my life where, like, I walk up for the Thanksgiving buffet and I see cabbage rolls and those are garbage – and I see like tomato aspic or that jelloey tomato stuff. Uh, that's hot trash. I've never seen that in my life. So. Oh, it's 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 <laughs> stay away from all gelatin based salads. Um then I see like salad, like you don't make <clears throat> friends with salad, you don't touch that shit. I'm like, you know what? Lacey did an out of this world brined turkey for another year in a row, got homemade pierogies from from her mom, got some mashed potatoes. That's a classic, got some homemade garlic mushroom gravy. That's all I fill my plate with. Because the other thing that I think is trash that I pass on every single time is stuffing. Stuffing overrated. It's trash.
0: And this is where you're wrong, but anyway. <laughs> it is a stuffing dish. The meal is a vehicle for stuffing. That is the that is I know you're we're both basically willing to die on each other's hill on this one. Yes. Um, because I absolutely love stuffing. And I had to ask you if you ever had like real stuffing, not just the box crap. At yes. least you have at least admitted that you have tried real stuffing, so I'm like, okay, whatever. You're wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> it, because, it's it, it's because... a texture thing for me. Okay.
1: It's 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 less of the taste, like like the stovetop stuffing, I think we can both agree. No bueno. Okay? No, yeah, no, no, no. That stuff shit. It, but it's the texture of it, like it's like that sponginess to it, because it's like bread soaked in juices. It's just it's doesn't do it for me. The taste, okay. Like even even tonight uh, after our conversation, we did for leftover night tonight, we did a, a replica of uh, the Leopold's uh, turkey dinner poutine. Mm-hmm. Had our turkey. Had I threw some stuffing on there and threw on some cranberries, lots of gravy. And that was okay because it was kind of mixed in with everything else. But just as a side, it's just that that texture doesn't do it for me. It's mm-hmm. gooey. It's weird. Your food shouldn't jiggle.
0: I mean, if it's well made, it doesn't really jiggle. But anyway, um, (laughs) I mean, like, haven't had it that well made. Maybe not, because I mean, even my mom, who was, you know, bless her soul, not the world's greatest cook, uh, she grew up of the generation of everything was overcooked and dry. Um, (laughs) made like made her own stuffing. Like, she legitimately took, you know, a loaf of bread, ran it through the food food processor with, I believe, carrots and. Uh, celery, some spices, and actually did the old school, like in the bread, in like the cavity of the turkey in the oven. Right. Okay. So and that's, because and that's where it's good. Like my father-in-law makes very good stuff. don't you know, I don't dislike it, but he makes it separate. Fine, whatever. Because well, because generally speaking, he spatchcocks the turkey if he's not deep frying it. So right, understandably, it's it's hard to cook it inside the turkey in that situation. It's still very good. He also makes a very good rice um, dressing, as it's called, for the gluten-free people in our family. So Ah. that works out pretty well as well. But, uh, yeah, stuffing fiend, this guy here, right here, I could eat an, I could eat an entire plate of stuffing. Now,
1: now see, I'm curious because, (laughs) okay, I know my wife, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law don't listen to this podcast. So I can Mm. just be honest here. Um, my mother-in-law is traditionally like very bland in her cooking like yes. very overcooked no spices anything that's that's and,
0: basically everyone in like my side of the family <laughs> right
1: and i feel like maybe that's the problem maybe the stuffing has just never been properly spiced because stovetop is like overly spiced and weird and maybe this is underspiced so i think the only solution is is uh, i have to abandon my family on thanksgiving <laughs> weekend Come down, watch college football all day Saturday with you, watch NFL Sunday, try real stuffing, and then just uh, pretend I was off on, what was that? What was that in Breaking Bad, a Farouk state or whatever? Just, oh my god, I don't know where I've been. I disappeared. John, we found you at Jules. Yes! What a miracle!
0: What a coincidence. Uh, But I mean, I think we both agreed that really the, you know, sort of, you know, the thing that makes the whole meal come together and is kind of the point is gravy or some kind of sauce? Yes. Yeah, without yeah. it, without it, I mean, like, I like mashed potatoes, but without a gravy or some kind of sauce on it, sorry, I'm not touching mashed potatoes. Yeah. Even the stuffing is better with gravy. I'll still eat it on its own, but you need the gravy on basically everything, but like a salad or certain vegetables or something.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. And even and even gravy, gravy is mm. the one thing I think you can give a pass for. Like the, uh, you can use a packet of gravy. Mm. Like it's better made from scratch but a packet of gravy, I, I think, is acceptable, right? So, yeah. you, you know the football team we podcast on is pure shit when uh, we go to that <laughs> morning radio cliche of, ah, Joel, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is leading somewhere because, as we record this on Monday, October 10th, there was a CFL game today. Yes. One between the Montreal Alouettes and the Ottawa Redblacks. It was actually a pretty decent football game.
1: It certainly was. And, good for Bobby Dice, by
0: the way. Slow clap, yep. Bobby Dice. That's, that's, Absolutely. 2-0 in his first game as an interim head coach. Yes. Um, so good for Bobby Dice. Yeah, And good for the Montreal Alouettes and their fans for yeah. embracing this game. Because, um, you know, we don't get quite the angles we do at that stadium as we do some others. But um, looked, looked well attended. And I remember a couple years ago when the Alouettes did not have a Thanksgiving game that people in the area were quite upset about that. Right. And obviously the CFL listened and has sent scheduled games on there since. And I'd actually completely... I always remembered that for a number of years, like I even went there one year and I was covering the Riders for a Thanksgiving game in Montreal because the Riders were playing there. Yes. But I had completely forgotten that Ottawa had actually played Montreal last year in the Thanksgiving game. Oh, right. And they 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 show the highlights in the broadcast. It's like, oh yeah, they played each other. I always thought it was like a rotating, you know, cast of characters that went through Montreal essentially in that game. Yeah. But now I think the CFL... You know, in its own way, might have fallen into something, and right. I think they they need to do something. They need to do more with this day. They occasionally have double headers. I think it needs to stick, and I think you roll the same four teams out there every game every year. Yeah, yeah. Because what we're seeing was what we know. Especially, you know, if you follow the NFL, consistency in scheduling matters, and Montreal has adopted this game. They obviously love having a game on Thanksgiving. Even some of the games, some of the years where they are not doing that well, the game is still fairly well attended. People seem to be on board with this happening. And, you know, the Ottawa-Montreal Labor Day thing isn't really catching on yet. But based on the last couple of years, this Ottawa-Montreal Thanksgiving Day thing seems to be working. And so this got me into a conversation with Phil and John Dan Plaster about what should the Western game be? And I think we kind of fell on the idea... That it should be the riders at the Calgary Stampeders.
1: absolutely. You have so many, I mean, you look at any rider game in Calgary. it's half green. Um I like I like it. I, I think, especially in my time, it, it seems like most people do their Thanksgiving dinner on the Sunday, regardless. Yeah, right. Most people do. yeah. but you have kind of a slow sports day on the Monday. Right, it's not always. You're not always going to stumble into not having the MLB playoffs. You're not going to like when I show up at my mother and father's house and and Don looks at me and goes, "Well, slow sports day today, eh?" And he go, "Yeah." And it just it it seems to me like sports. Is the one thing that, although this year it was just the immediate family, that if there's, like, racist uncles in the family, you can always just kind of gather around the TV and put that aside for three hours.
0: Yeah, so, I, I, I saw a tweet about this because it's also a state holiday in the States today. Um, and it came down to, I believe it was A-Rod, an article was saying that MLB needs to do more around July the 4th, which, sure, I don't think anyone maybe entirely disagrees with that. Right. At least in the States, but... Um, because the Jays have done a good job with Canada Day up here, no question. Yeah. Um, but the point was made by someone I forget who. Someone quote tweeted the idea from the initial article that A Rod appeared in, and said, "Well, the difference between and they were talking in the American context your Thanksgiving and Christmas versus July the fourth, is you know Thanksgiving and Christmas are indoor holidays. We are just basically trying to make it acceptable to avoid your family in person." <laughs> July 4th, and especially in the States, is a lot of, like, outdoors and barbecue, and, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. This is a way, you know, they basically said football in the States on those holidays and basketball for Christmas Day is a way to um, be with your family but shut up and not say anything stupid.
1: (laughs) Well, 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 Well,
0: that's it. Be with your
1: family, or if you wanted to, like again I think I, I think the Thanksgiving game works so well because you could do your meal on Sunday mm-hmm. and then go with select members of your family to the football game which mm-hmm. is, is what has started becoming a thing in Montreal which is fantastic and amazing and as well it's it's kind of you kind of have a chance to own the day where yep. I don't think you'd want to ever play a night game where you can flip no. with the Monday nighter but no, no.
0: I don't think TSN would ever allow it.
1: No, exactly. But all of a sudden, Sunday, you've got NFL football there as kind of the, you know, get away from things kind of event. You've got, you can just have football on basically the whole day on Sunday and kind of distract everybody. Then Monday, you could have a CFL doubleheader that leads into the Monday nighter. Wham, bam. Even ESPN2, as our friends at the Sickos Committee were pointing out, Mm -hmm. ESPN2 was playing that game. So you could also gather some interest in the state's. With a couple games, I think Montreal has owned it. I think Calgary and Saskatchewan would be the next best thing. I, I, I really, I mean, the CFL never will because their market, their, their marketing department is uh, not so great. But I think if they had a chance to, to own it, make it a thing, I, there isn't a person in the world who would love that. And like, could you imagine? Just, just setting this up now for a Thanksgiving long weekend in Canada.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got Friday night football. You got Saturday, you can watch CFB. And probably a Saturday night CFL game.
0: There would be a there would have there would still be a CFL game on there somewhere for sure. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So you got Friday don't, night. Because I don't
0: think you're gonna do a double header on Friday and then not have a double header till Monday.
1: No, exactly. But I think I think you do a Friday night, you do a Saturday night, you have C F B all afternoon, you NFL dominates the Sunday, then you do a double header on the Monday leading into Monday night football. That would be like like have it maybe maybe toss yourself go to a U Sports game on the Friday night like that mm-hmm. that to me that sounds great but the CFL will unfortunately never make it a reality because they're the CFL unfortunately
0: yeah and like I I you there will probably already be talk moving around and trying different things I just I just think the Riders in Calgary would work specifically specifically because number one I don't think the Stampeder fan base is that strong no. right now to have them travel to Regina for such a game every year but we do know in scenarios where you know, both, especially in scenarios where both teams are good, that place is going to pack, and Rider fans are going to travel. Right, right. In years yeah. where maybe the Riders aren't that good, well, maybe they don't travel, but there'll be enough locals in there to get a good atmosphere in that stadium because we always know Rider Calgary games are always crazy, seemingly especially in Calgary. So, yes, that's to me where that scenario works. Like, could you imagine a scenario? Obviously, that wouldn't be this year, but in a year where either a one of the teams trying to play spoiler or b Both of these teams are fighting for a playoff position or a playoff spot or something on a Monday on Thanksgiving between these two teams. That would just be that would just be one heck of an atmosphere when add some juice to kind of a CFL schedule that quite frankly toward the end of September into October kind of slows down a bit kind of (laughs) because of Because of, you know, especially in years where Winnipeg's run away with the West and there's, you know, the East seems like, okay, they're fighting for first and second. But really, does anyone really care that much? No. Because, I mean, really, it comes down to what people want to watch are races to the playoffs, not necessarily playoff positioning. So, you know, that's, that's a whole other discussion about the schedule and what's going on down the stretch of the season where the CFL seems to lose a little bit of steam heading into the playoffs. But regardless, a game... Like the Riders in Calgary, every Thanksgiving Monday, I think, is something that could that could provide some good juice toward the end of the season.
1: And and, and you you keep saying juice, and I just can't keep thinking of gravy. Like it's it's it'd be the gravy <laughs> on, on top of a fo- football weekend, but or that, the that whipped also, cream
0: on the pumpkin pie.
1: Oh, God, it was funny. My my, my youngest niece had a piece of pumpkin pie that was not unsizable and then had like twice the height of the pumpkin pie in whipped cream on Sunday. And it was, it was kind of hilarious, but you mentioned the playoff thing and friend of the program uh, DT voice of the Winnipeg blue bombers and and a great one at that uh, brought this up that uh, I think it's time to do away. I agree with him. I think it's time to do away with the divisions in terms of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a conversation that's been around for a while for sure.
1: But I mean, especially like this year, all of a sudden you'd have a playoff race. Yeah. Right? Like now now Saskatchewan's just got to continue stubbing their toes, which, despite the Fraser curse trying to lift them to the playoffs, I feel like it's a thing that could happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think when we'll, we might get into this, but I think we all know if the Riders are making the playoffs at this point, it's probably because of what Hamilton doesn't do. Because they still they play Calgary this week, and then you know they're playing a suddenly rejuvenated Ottawa team who may who has a chance at running the table and still making the playoffs. So, I mean, (laughs) who the hell knows?
1: Uh, All I know is, uh, I don't know about you, but I've had about a zillion great beers over this weekend.
0: (laughs) Uh, I worked most of the weekend, so not a ton. But uh, I guess that leads us into finally heading towards football talk. Uh, John, for the Palabones (laughs) Brewing Company, what's in the glass this week? Uh,
1: right now, it was just some generic whiskey, but I can tell you of something that uh, changed mine and Lacey's lives uh, that we had this weekend. Even Lacey, uh, wow. Yeah, I know. She's mm-hmm. the one that bought it, right? And, <laughs> and this is the thing that surprised me. is Normally, we go to the liquor store. So, so here's the thing. Sunday, I said I would drive. I would drive back from her mom and dad's. It's a 15-minute drive across the city. So I said, okay. Pick me up some uh, Face Melter and Golden Crush because they're both 4%, nice and flavorful, great beers if you're going to drive at the end of a long night. So had a few of those throughout my day, you know, stayed stayed under that .04, all was well. But Lacey picked up this Saskatoon Berry Cocktail from Lucky Bastard. Mm, yes. And Lacey's like, you know what? I, I, I I'm probably going to hate this because normally she picks up something, hates it, I drink it because it's vodka based and I love vodka. And so we we get to her mom and dad's and she cracks open her first one and she sips it and she's like, "Oh my god." And I'm like, "Okay, great. I, I now have five more of these I can drink when I'm not DDing." She goes, "No, this is amazing. You need to try it." Mm-hmm. And it was. Oh yeah. my god. It we is We have
0: so cool. We have four more of them in the house. I bought them a while ago. Jenny did like them, but she's not drinking as much lately. And I tried one. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like oh. a Saskatoon berry iced tea with Lucky Bastard. Yeah.
1: Really oh. good and it's so smooth because lb does such a good job it's sugar-free it's just great and mm-hmm. i can tell you i didn't drive home uh from my in-laws <laughs> today and i probably finished off the rest so uh it's it's just uh, and we actually we even came up with a name and i feel like this will be my in like this will be my initial dm slide to lucky bastard to try to get them to sponsor this podcast will be like hey you should call them stooners yeah <sighs> Fun name, right? And be like, hey, now that I've come up with this great name for you, sponsor my podcast and give me your booze. Please and thank you. It's worth a shot, I guess the worst they do is say no. And we don't have a liquor sponsor. We have we have our great beer sponsor, the Pile mm-hmm. of Bones Brewing Company.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of them, for me, uh, I got the OG, the nice. unofficial official beer of the podcast out, of course. They'd be the one you know you love it. Everyone loves it. It's the Pile of Bones White IPA. So good. I don't even really need to say anything else about that.
1: No, it is so good and perfect for a weekend like this that it was Mm -hmm. just unseasonably warm. I know that this means that climate change is real and it's dooming (laughs) all of us and we're all going to (laughs) die a fiery death. (sighs) But in terms of sitting out on the deck and playing catch with my nephew and wearing shorts all weekend, it was pretty damn good.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, What wasn't pretty damn good was the um, game between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Hamilton Cats. As I think even if you're a Thai Cat fan, as much as, you know, they played pretty well at times, they they weren't exactly good either. And yep. I think it's safe to say that at this point, it probably doesn't matter which of these two teams takes the final playoff spot. They're both going to be fodder to either the Montreal Alouettes or the Toronto Argonauts. Because uh, despite the thoughts of some still, um, I would not be confident the Riders going to Montreal, especially in a place where they got absol- absolutely shellacked, I believe, in what was that, week three? Yes. Um, at a time where we thought yellowettes weren't that good, and the riders were, so <laughs> yeah, uh, the fact that the tables have turned doesn't leave me much hope, and I don't believe the riders have won a game east of Saskatchewan this year. uh, no, I would believe you are there i mean they barely th- won in Saskatchewan, so
1: yeah, it's fair They're <laughs> th- three and three and five on the road, but. Uh, and three, in, yeah, they're all divisional. All three of those road wins are in the division. So yeah. they're three and six in their division. So they haven't won in the East. And uh, although the records don't indicate it, those East teams are good. I would argue that I would at least give them a puncher's chance against Toronto.
0: Just because MBT does, it goes a little gunslinger sometimes and things goes weird. Yeah,
1: he, he does. And sometimes you miss the kicks and you, and, and you don't really have a home field advantage, playing at BMO field
0: so it's almost I mean like, other than the like actual playing surface which they're used to compared to everyone else
1: right but I mean you don't have that big boisterous yeah. crowd don't yeah, yeah. have like the robot noises the lasers the horns whatever the hell they bust out in in, in Montreal these days <laughs> um you don't have any of that in Toronto, so I I would at least give either the Ty Cats or the Riders a puncher's chance in Toronto. Neither one of those teams is going into Montreal and winning. Like that's just like, and, and Montreal has the power of the Fraser Curse. But yes,
0: they they have a you know a strong good environment. Uh, you have a pretty good football team, and you were also going up against the Fraser Curse. So that's right, and you luck.
1: just you just you don't beat that shit right. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen a quarterback on the run more than Cody Fajardo? Uh, like i honestly i can't like outside of when like you have those like conference games where you have like an alabama up against somebody else from their conference that's near the bottom or whenever they bring in like the old you know div two team for the cupcake game i've never seen a quarterback that is under such pressure so consistently and again, none of it's fancy. It's just no. traditional. And I think the terrifying thing for the riders, because because you and I talked about after after the, the the pooping the pants of the Banjo Bowl, that okay, well, fantastic. You know, the line's getting better. Maybe it'll be better. I, it's it's just not. No, it's, it's
0: not.
1: It's almost like the, it it's was not. Almost... It's
0: not better. Um, and um, it's obviously still a problem, and it is what it is. But I think. Other problems are clearly emerging on this team now that are of equal of concern. I think one of them is ultimately Cody Fajardo. Yes. Um, you know, he's trying his darndest. I think he's still a good quarterback. Things are obviously going sideways for him, and he's struggling with it. Because, yeah, he gets sacked a lot. Um, a lot of it, I think, is his own doing. Sometimes he hangs on the football way too long. And, his throwing
1: motion is very slow. He's yeah. like Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, and this is just, everything is adding up right now. And we saw it in that game against Hamilton. You know, Cody made some bad throws. Um, He held on the ball too long, made some weird decisions. The O-line was a revolving door again. Um, Any receiver not Keon Schaefer-Baker really can do much of anything for them at times. Um, Without Jamal Morrow or Frankie Hickson, they appear not to have a running game.
1: You want a fun stat? I got the stats in front of me right now. (sighs)
0: Sure.
1: Shaq Cooper, five rushes, seven yards.
0: Yeah, just barely beating his number.
1: Um, <laughs> like, and his long was five.
0: Yeah, and then add on top of that, um, a defense that has kind of fallen back into last year's mode and can't stop the run, and also has a league leading thanks to Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post, um, receptions of over fifty yards allowed on them, ten of them. There's just absolutely nothing to be optimistic about if you're a fan of this team right now, like. <laughs> that was as much of a complete team loss as i have ever seen in the game of football when the only thing you can say well essentially is well brett and even brett Lowther missed a kick um kare Vedvik had that you know shanked punt that turned into one of the most fun chaotic moments of the season and we're not even talking about that. That's kind of where we're at right now, aren't we? Like normally we'd be gleeful about that whole sequence at the end of the first half. Yeah, like normally but... that would be
1: that would be the lead. <laughs> like normally we'd be bringing up some story how I once punted a ball off somebody's house or something, right? But yeah, uh, yeah yikes. Um, here, <laughs> you you, Ryder fans. I'm sorry. Let's 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 go to the drive chart here. Punt, <sighs> touchdown, pick, punt, touchdown not too pretty bad they, after that
0: they looked in the first quarter first bit of the second half first half they were the better team they looked pretty good it was you know the game was like a microcosm of their season yeah and then yeah. the wheels kind of fell apart and went from there
1: and then uh they couldn't get more than three first downs on any drive went punt turnover on downs punt, punt 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 turnover on downs and an interception <laughs> that's yeah. like like I, don't, like, I know a lot of people, there was a lot of talk on the internet about that brutal Thursday night game betwixt <sighs> the Colts and the Broncos, and that was terrible. Like, it was. like I, I, I am a lover of chaotic football, and that was just shitty. That wasn't yeah. well executed on either side. Well, there's, this there's, there's, game felt like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, college fans love to bring it up when bad NFL games happen. I think it applies in the CFL too, for the most part, Um. When bad college games happen, things tend to get weird, and they can be dumb and chaotic. When professional football games are bad, they're just kind of (sighs) sad, for the most part.
1: (laughs) And especially, too, like, I don't know if this comes to the coaching staff or the players or who this falls on, but you had a chance to virtually put yourselves into the playoffs this week. Yeah. You win, Hamilton loses once, you're in. And you go out and lay an egg like that, like yeah. it's just it's it's it's. I know there's an old man who likes to yell at clouds that's saying, "Oh, that could be a threat when they get in the playoffs." And you know, when the play-by-play voice isn't you know tweeting about COVID regulations, he's also tweeting that this team's going to be great. But they're not. No, it's just yuck. And 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 that was even the yuckiest part of the broadcast. Gas. Ugh. Like. <laughs> Can we talk
0: about that? Can we can we talk th- about the f- I think we have to. Um okay. cuz I mean this was like the, to me almost one of the biggest stories of what came out of this game. Yes. Um I was of course you all y'all y'all saw it, y'all heard it. Yep. Uh Twitter is, you know, a very hard place to unify a lot of people. And I think we found one topic especially in CFL circles that can do that. And that is the idea of in-game interviews on the CFL on TSN. Yes. And I know we've talked about this on this fine program before. And,
1: <laughs> but I feel like this. We now have science. You know me. I'm a man of yeah. science. I'm a man of numbers, and we now have numbers and evidence to prove that this is like there isn't anybody that objects to this.
0: No. So, so I tweeted out. Yeah, just in case you did miss it, um, Danny McManus is honored by the tie cats in this game. What took them so long to do it? I have no idea. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, right. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Um, so good for them. Great for them. Then of course, naturally, at the start of the fourth quarter, he ends up on the in the booth with, um, with Rod Smith and Dwayne Ford, and the interview naturally, understandably, comes on while the Tie Cats are on offense. But I believe the Tie Cats went to and out, um, so they kind of had to audible, and he they didn't go to commercial, so they kept with them for a bit, and then it continued on into the Riders' possession, which I'm not going to call a drive, but was a series <laughs> of events that happened, and there was a lot of series of events that happened in that section of when the Riders had the football. Um, Cody Fajardo probably should have been called for a safety. There was practically yes. a brawl between both teams and a few other things that I can't quite remember right now. And you're just like, huh, sure, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, kind of talk about this a bit, but no, go on about Danny McManus and what, you know, these 12th pass in 1995 again, please. <laughs> and, that's,
1: and that's what it was. Like, it's, <sighs> it was it's absurd. Have I ever told my favorite Dan McManus story in this pod? I
0: don't think so.
1: Okay. Okay. As an aside, before we get to the before we get to the science behind, we're doing an in game interview right now. Right. Okay. We're doing... <laughs> <laughs> so about the Grey Cup in two thousand seven. Um, I'm uh, zesty on my scale, no. and so I'm lined up for the urinal at at Tiger Town. It's like one in the morning. It's late, and Danny McManus had not paid for a drink that whole night. Like, of course, you, you're Danny McManus. You're two thousand seven. You ain't paying for a drink, and I, I was glad to see that. So I had a chance, got a photo op with him, chatted with him for a bit. Good dude, all that kind of good stuff. So I'm standing in line in the bathroom. So the line is now reached in the bathroom where you're, like, standing. You're waiting for the urinal to clear out so you can step on in. And all of a sudden we hear, Look out, boys! Danny's coming through! And in stumbles, a highly intoxicated Danny McManus. And, of course, it's full of Cats fans. So there's a guy in a, in a McManus jersey at one urinal. He goes, hey, I need that when you're done. So the cat fan, naturally, gives up his urinal to Danny McManus. And Danny McManus, because a guy, I'm not going to lie, if I was beside Danny McManus in that spot, I'd look too. Guy looks, you know, see what kind of equipment Danny's got. And Danny goes, hey, no looking at little Danny. Has a laugh. Says, thanks, boys. Walks out after cutting a line while we got all pissed. Too many laughs and some cheers. So that is my favorite all-time Danny McManus story.
0: No laughs and cheers this week, though.
1: No, this week was like, this week was, okay, this man has now won over all Bomber fans because of the work he's done with American Scouting. Mm Mm-hmm. I still wanted him to shut the fuck up. So just talk to the unification and the math behind it all, because we have had this discussion on this program before. I tweeted out, I found an old meme generator for, you know, cardboard side guy. So I tweet out, hey, at TSN, CFL and TSN, at CFL, I think TSN PR has me blocked. (laughs) Tons of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, that does, yeah, because I have definitely not been kind to them. Sure would be nice to know what the hell's going on during all this chaos. Uh, that tweet got 10,700 impressions. And I'm not saying this to to show up my little Danny and say, look at all the tweets I got. Not a single person replied to me to disagree. And, and there's lots of people on Twitter that don't like me. No. Hello, Regina Thunder fans. But... That's ten thousand seven hundred people saw that tweet mm. and went, "Yeah, he's right." And not a single one went, "Damn it, shut up." And it's just, it's, it's funny because I alluded to it because you've you've shared tweets with me before. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they don't think there's a problem at TSN.
0: No, they are very um, hockey Canada like in some of their approaches to what they do. <laughs> Minus the, you know, f- covering up of horrible things, as far right, as you know. Right.
1: But they just, they just, they sit there and go, "It's great." And yeah. I thought that that Max Kerman during the Grey Cup last year that literally went, "Stop it! I want to watch this." Uh huh. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this will be enough to show the guy that just did the halftime show, arguably Canada's biggest band right now, just says to you, "Shut shut up! I want to watch football." Thought that would be enough to wake up. No.
0: And, then, and they hadn't done one in a while, so it felt like maybe after, you know, early in the year where there have been a few of them as there normally is where there's various events and things going on, that maybe they had gotten away from it. Right. Oh, I was back from a vengeance this weekend. It's just, I don't get it. Like, And if you want to do what, if you really, really, really want to do one, okay, we know Danny McManus is getting honored before this game. Maybe talk to him in, like, the first quarter. Like, well- why are we doing this in the fourth quarter of a close football game? Even if you go to every football, if when you go to a football game in person, and the writers are very good at this themselves from the game day ops perspective, all the sort of weird, goofy, fun, sort of dumb shit happens in the first three quarters of the game. Yes. When the fourth quarter rolls around and you're at the game, it is about the game at that point unless they're down like 57 points. It is very much, okay, the focus then turns from, you know, all the contests and the games and the interactive stuff we're trying to do to make people entertain during a thing beyond the football game but sorry, when the fourth quarter comes around, this is now a football game you were attending. Well, and even, the broadcast should be the same damn thing.
1: Well, and the stupid thing is, is the amount of control <sighs> the CFL has over the game. Mm-hmm. I've made this argument on Twitter. They have the power to go to the league and be like, hey, we want to interview Danny Mac. So second commercial, second... Officials' timeout of the third quarter is going to be five minutes instead of two. How easy is that? Yeah, it's super easy. The CFL just goes okay. Or if you want to slap another five minutes on halftime, yeah. So oh, yeah, time- or
0: yeah, you're doing it at halftime or at the pregame show or something.
1: Right, right. There's there's an opportunity there, and 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 I think the sideline reporters in the CFL are just spectacular. Like. No offense to Rod or Dwayne. But I don't think they've interviewed anybody in a decade and a half, which which then puts Rod. You could tell Rod was in an awkward place where he was so focused on this interview. Mm-hmm. Chaos is happening on the field. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing.
0: No, you're you're asking you're asking professionals who are very good at their jobs, like, no question about it. To try and do two things at once and you accomplish doing neither of them well.
1: Exactly. And 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 I'll actually give Rod credit for just he just did the interview. He just he yeah. did what he was told. He let it play, he let it go through. So when you have that degree of control over the football broadcast and the football game itself, right. there's no need to have it. There's a right. reason
0: you never see this in an NCAA or an NFL game. And the NCAA does not have an overarching like body like the NFL or the CFL does. Right. You never see Joe Buck interviewing a guy or a, you know someone during the game. No. Yeah, he talked to Jimmy Fallon, but that was at halftime. Yes. And you that's you don't see be. this in an NFL game. Like the NFL is very controlling of their broadcasts. That's why, like, during um the last few weeks of the major league baseball season, there was a the whole thing on Saturdays because uh, during college football games they were you were doing cut ins of Aaron Judge's potential sixty second or sixty first home run.
1: Which isn't the record seventy three? Can you correct? Yeah, me on that? I mean that's that's the record seventy a... three?
0: Yeah, that's a whole other thing that we don't need to get into. But my my main point on that is the NCAA does not have you know control over their broadcast partners in the same way because they're all with different conferences and there's, there's a whole mess and that's everything that goes along with that. But then the conversation always became, well, they're not cutting into Monday Night Football. No, they're not cutting into Monday Night Football because I bet you a million dollars ESPN and ABC didn't even ask because they knew the NFL would say no. Yes! And this is basically the same idea. And so yeah, the CFL is we know we are not doing this in the middle of our product. Do it any other time you want. While the game is on, maybe it bleeds into a little bit for a player to fine after a break or something, but it is not interfering with essentially the peak of our football game. Well and, and that's it.
1: Like you see it sometimes you see it sometimes in the NHL where they actually I
0: enjoy
1: some of the in game interviews in the NHL
0: because yeah, they're with like, players of coaches. A little more – free flowing you can just kind of watch it and you don't always need constant explanation of what's going on at times but on the same on the same note you watch with hockey Mm -hmm. and they just
1: they just hold it they either come out of commercial early or they stick around late and 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 those hockey broadcasts are often with a player a coach whomever and it might bleed over to the end of a guy's answer after 30 seconds it's not taking away from the game like you should never have like I get it, like, and that, and that's the insulting thing too is that now we've seen it where, I mean, that's a huge honor for Danny McManus, yep. and it's ignored. And and the one I felt the worst for was that woman whose husband from the Calgary Colts was going into the CFL Foot Hall of Fame or the Canadian Football Hall of Fame posthumously, and nobody cared. Like, how disrespectful is that to the person being interviewed? Yeah. Like here we are. 10,700 people looked at my tweet and went, yeah, you're right. Danny should have shut up. But again, that's not on Danny. That's not on Rod. That's not on anybody. No. I'm sure I can. I'm sure, by the way, that Danny was crushing beers. Danny didn't give a shit. <sighs> and yet, just like in Hockey Canada, nothing will change because they think they're the best. This is the story of the one.